Tonight, tonight. Why not? He'll make you think. I think I'm going to break protocol here, though. He'll make you laugh. Is it conceited of me? Because, I mean, I'm puffing my chest out a little bit. And he lives for a take that'll make you do both. He says things I can't say. Nothing tops overtime, whether it's on the field or on the air. People don't forget. It's time for Overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. Welcome on in. It is Overtime with Jonathan Vito. I'm glad you guys could be with me here on this Friday. I have secured my weekend. Uh, yes, I still have a CBS Sports Radio show tomorrow night, but I'm not looking at that as any, anything short of what it is. not like being held hostage to do those shows. I'm happy to do those shows. I love doing those shows. So I'm excited for Saturday, big day of college football. Remember last weekend... My my weekend got held hostage because I ended up going to the I went to Patterson's Farms. I don't know. I was so uh, hesitant to not say what farm it was, mainly because last week at this time I couldn't remember half the time. Uh, but also I didn't want to have a bad experience and then come back and you guys be like, "Ooh, he's just ripping that farm, isn't he?" No, it was fantastic. It was a great experience. We had uh, apple pies. I bought a whole big bag of apples the way you do at an apple farm. Because at one point I looked around and I was like, yeah, we have an apple pie, which is great. We also bought like a, a, a dozen donuts for some unknown reason. I have no idea why. We saw the donuts and we're like, this is what we need at an apple farm. So we bought donuts. And I was like, I don't have any actual apples. So I bought apples. But last week, my college football Saturday got hijacked by a farm, which is something that just has never happened to me in my adult life. I was talking to my boss today. He goes, oh, big plans for uh, for Sunday at all? I'm like, what? Big plans for Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for this NFL slate, too. I'm glad to see some optimism in a bye week for this NFL slate. This is great. He's like, no, like you're going you're gonna, to like, go outside and do something? Wasn't planning on it. <laughs> no, Sundays are for football. I get all day Sunday. He's like, how do you get all day Sunday? How is that the setup? He's like, wait five years. It's not going to be the setup. I said, no. When I met my wife, my wife is a great wife, and I do believe that I make up for it in other areas, okay? I believe in my heart of hearts, the other six days of the week, I am a fantastic husband. I am a fantastic father. My baby can only say dad at this point, so I don't know if she can confirm or deny any of it. But I, am, I, I go above and beyond. I do all the different chores. I, I mow the lawn. I, I empty the dishwasher. I do laundry. I fold the laundry. We do all these type of things, right? I feel like I'm a, I'm a good participant in my household. But Sundays are for me. I gave up Saturday. When, I'm, when I met my wife, I said Saturdays and Sundays are for me. I basically take the whole weekend for football. I, I gave away one Saturday, and I don't know if it's a slippery slope. But what I do know is we're not touching the NFL. We're not touching Sundays. I'm excited and can't wait for it. So Saturday, I got a CBS show. Sunday, I am locked in all day long, 1 o'clock on, up until the end of Sunday night football, and I wouldn't have it any other way. We don't have to do any of this uh, bet, bet on college games on Friday night to make up for me not having a Saturday. Will we still bet on Illinois versus Nebraska? Oh, you bet your ass we're still going to bet on Illinois versus Nebraska. Of course we are. It's America. It's what we do. All right. Let's talk about Baker Mayfield. I have been avoiding the third rail of this discussion for far too long. For that, I apologize. I feel like in the previous couple of weeks, although we've done some really fine radio, some good radio I'm proud of, I feel like I have steered myself away from what I do best. What I believe I do best is steering into the controversy sometimes. Steering into the uncomfortable conversations that not everybody will steer themselves into. 
And by the way, Corey, I see you. You called in for your thoughts on Patterson Farms. So I'm, I'm going to – listen, man. Not in the first segment. I cannot – I can't do Patterson Farm reviews right now, uh, mainly because I don't know what you're going to say. I think you're going to say good things. It's a great – I mean, it's a, it was a fun event. I do wish my seven-month-old daughter was maybe like, I don't know, three or four, though. There was a lot of things that like, would have been awesome for her if she was three or four. Maybe not as much at seven months old, but I thought it was great. Anyway, I steer into the controversy at times. I feel like I'm very, very good when it comes to the pulse of understanding what you guys want to talk about. But for some reason, Baker Mayfield was like talking politics at Thanksgiving dinner. It was just nobody wanted to do it. Everyone really wanted to do it, but nobody wanted to do it. And... I felt like this is not just a me issue for this past week. I felt like station-wide. I, I, sitting here at nights, I waited for the green light, and I shouldn't have waited for the green light, and for that I apologize. I felt like I sat back, and I waited for somebody else to address the landmine situation and to really step on that third rail of this conversation. And I waited for somebody else to do it, because if somebody else did it, then all of a sudden, I got the go. I got the okay, we're doing this. And I, I don't know what that was. I'm just being honest with you guys because we're friends. I think we can be honest with each other. I don't know what that was. I I think there was a part of me that because I was the only person at this station at the time when Baker was going on to be a Baker supporter and the way I talked about Baker, I did wonder if it was almost going to be a, well, let's just throw a bunch of pies in Jonathan's face, even though right now Baker's playing as good as he's ever played. I know you guys won't see it that way. I don't know. I, I, I can't tell you why I didn't want to talk about it. Maybe it's because we had so much interesting Kevin Stefanski conversation and so much interesting Browns conversations that Baker just kind of got sent to the back burner. I don't know. Being honest, maybe just today is the right day to do it because tomorrow he's going to go on game day. Not big noon kickoff, he's on game day. I always got to separate the two in my mind now. I used to love college game day, and then I switched over to big noon because I think the big noon kickoff's just better now. I don't know. I mean, I like game day. I'm not getting on game day. I just, it's just, it's just uh, too many features. Not enough meat and potatoes. I wanted some more meat and potatoes, you know? So Baker's going on, and I think I know why. And we're going to get to me at some point expressing my opinions on what Baker is going to do uh, moving forward. And that will come in the upcoming minute or so as well. But I don't, I don't want to get people confused. Throughout this entire conversation, I need you guys to remember, the Browns did make the right decision. As much of a banker honk as I was, the Browns did make the right decision. Here's what I think is happening with uh, number six. I think he's in his Dion era. Dion Sanders did something very similar not too long ago. Dion, before he had to take on USC and before he had to take on Oregon, he knew those two weeks were coming. He beat Colorado State. He beat TCU. He beat Nebraska. He was 3-0 and and on top of the college football world, right? He was going on 60 minutes. 60 minutes asked him, said, hey, Dion, who's the best coach in college football? He said, does anybody have a mirror? He was feeling himself. But he knew what was coming down the tracks. He knew that staring him directly in the face was going to be Oregon and was going to be USC. And so Dion made sure after he went 3-0 and for that entire stretch, he was selling a million dollars worth of the sunglasses that he wears. He was on every commercial under the sun. He was going on talk shows like Pat McAfee, who we're going to hear from in uh, a little bit. 
He was going on talk shows. He was going on every media availability. Anyone that would have him that had substance was getting him, right? Like, that's just that's what Dion was doing. Baker's doing the same thing. I don't know if they have the same agency. I don't know if they have the same people that they're working with. Baker is pulling the same exact trick. And that's fine. That's acceptable. I think the reason why Baker is doing that, it's not like he's got Oregon and USC coming down the pipe, but they're 3-1 and one right now. And in the next six weeks, they're going to have to come out of this bye, and they are going to be playing the Lions, who's a Super Bowl favorite. They play the Bills on a short week, and then you can add in the 49ers as well for good measure. They have, like most teams in the NFL, but they have a gargantuan task ahead of themselves when it comes to the opponents that they're going to play in the upcoming six weeks. Minnesota, Chicago, New Orleans, offense is yet to score 30 points. The wins they have in Minnesota, Chicago, and New Orleans are not really the bell of the football world. They're not really that good of teams. They're hardly the 2022 Chiefs offense right now, but Baker Mayfield is seeing his opportunity. He's seeing his chance to tell everybody that it was, listen, I've always been great. I've always been good. This is who I am. This is what I'm all about. It's his opportunity as right now, after four weeks, he's on top of the football world. Before the train comes down the tracks, it's his opportunity to go ahead and remind everybody just how good he can be. And for anybody and everybody that is paying attention, he'll come on their show. I'm almost, I'm I'm a little shocked in myself that I didn't think about this ahead of time because understanding this being the narrative, I I I could have reached out to Baker's people. Not crazy to think he would have come on. Would I have bet the house on it? No, but it's not crazy to think that he wouldn't have come on a, a Cleveland radio station, considering some of the connections I made around Baker's people, that he would have come on. Not it's just it's not out of this world to think that he might have gone down that road based off of the idea that he is going on and doing everything and anything with anyone with any sort of platform at all because this is his I'm going to dunk on you moment. This is his I am going to celebrate what I've accomplished so far through four games of the season. And there are legitimate reasons why what Baker and what he's doing right now can be relatively sustainable. But here's what I'd say to any Browns fans that are listening. And I want to hear from you guys on this. 216474 to below 92. Will Baker be able to keep this going? And are you rooting for Baker is the other side of this coin? Here's what I would say to any Browns fans, though. As good of a season as he might have, and I'll give real concrete answers as to why I think there is something here for Baker Mayfield. I will. I promise you I will. But as good of a season as he's off to and as good of a start as he's off to, there is not a single person out there that would make Baker Mayfield a Super Bowl contender right now. There is not a single person that would put their own shekels, their own dinero, their own dollars on Baker Mayfield into the Super Bowl this year. And that is the exact same bet that the Browns are making as well. These are the good times for Baker Mayfield. This is the fun times for Baker Mayfield. And he's only proving everything that the Browns told you about himself. You're not winning a Super Bowl with Baker Mayfield. The reason why they made the move to Deshaun is that they understood that as well. Listen, I love Baker. I was one of the biggest Baker fans you'll ever meet. Okay? I went very hard in support of Baker Mayfield. When he won that one playoff game, that was as far as he's ever going to go. 
Maybe, just maybe, he gets lucky and rips off another one. Baker's never playing in a conference title game. Baker's never playing in a Super Bowl. The situation is set up perfect for him right now. Absolutely perfect in Tampa Bay. Could not be better for him in Tampa Bay. And maybe he gets to eight, nine wins, somewhere around there. In a division right now that is just vomiting all over their shoes, maybe he ends up there. But the reality is, is that there's not a single person that looks at Tampa Bay right now and says, boy, that team is, no pun intended, but honestly, it just came. That team is dangerous. There's not a single person that is thinking that. You're thinking the Cowboys are good. You're thinking the Niners are good. You're thinking the Lions are good. You're thinking the Buccaneers are just there. That's why the Browns made that move. That's why the Browns made that deal. Because they couldn't, even though they understood, they would have to take four steps back, five steps back, six steps back. The idea when you got Deshaun Watson, and I need to say this louder for the people in the back. The the reason why you got Deshaun Watson, what I said the day you got him and what I remain and stand by right now, is you got Deshaun Watson so you could get Super Bowls with an S. Baker showing you again, even with this play being as good as it is, and even with the Bucks being 3-1 and one right now, he is showing you there is a ceiling on what a Baker Mayfield-led team can do, and it is not a Super Bowl. 2-1-6-4-7-4-0-92. Will Baker be able to keep this thing going? And are you rooting for Baker? 216474-92. On Twitter, there you can find me. I am at JPito. We'll get your phone calls. You'll also hear from Baker Mayfield as well as he was on Pat McAfee's show. And, oh boy, if you're a Browns fan, you want to hear this. We'll do it next right here on The Fan. But no, uh, no Phil Collins to bounce back here. Talking Baker, I just figured that's what we were going to do. He's going to play all the Baker hits tonight. He's at college game day tomorrow. He did Pat McAfee's show earlier. I'll have that audio for you in just a minute. Baker's a novelty in today's NFL. He's like one of those YouTube videos where the elephants can paint. He's the rare quarterback that can give you hope, inject passion into the fan base. But if you think you're winning big, you're just lying to yourself. It's a dangerous spot to be in. It's like dating someone you know you're never going to marry, but on certain nights you think you can convince yourself of it. I'm sorry. There's not enough uh, whatever type of beer I was about to say, but realize we're sponsored in different areas. Uh, whatever beer you got to drink in order to make yourself convince yourself of that, it, it, not enough of it. I'm sorry. You can't. You're losing this battle. Most teams can't rip the Band-Aid off in this circumstance, and they end up looking like the Giants with Daniel Jones. When it comes to Baker Mayfield, the Browns still made the right move. Three and one, okay. You know what will change my mind of this? And you guys know I was a massive Baker guy. You guys know that. You know what would change my mind of this, though? You actually won postseason games in Tampa Bay. But I, I know it's not going to happen. He, he is in a, a poverty conference that is going to win eight or nine games most and find their way into the postseason, and they're going to have the same thing happen to them that happened to the Ravens last year when they met the Bengals in the first round. They're going to have their guts ripped out from underneath them, just splattered across on the table like it's, a, it's a, one of those Saw movies. I watched like four Saw movies in my day off yesterday. I don't know why. I watched the first one, and then it just it just spiraled into the second one. They kept leaving me with cliffhangers. I don't even really like Halloween movies that much. Scary movies are not my jam, but the Saw movies, I don't know. I love them. I think they're great. And uh, I watched four of them yesterday. That's why I did my day off. Me and my daughter, uh, who's seven months old and did not look at the TV the end, at any point, watched four Saw movies. Father of the Year. Regardless. That's what's going to happen to the Buccaneers. 
it's going to just be a, a conveyor belt of bad football for them. Because I'm not convinced because they beat Minnesota, Chicago, and New Orleans, didn't score 30 points at all in any stretch, that this is how this goes down. I am convinced Baker knows that he's got a tough road ahead of him. He knows he's taken on the Bills on a short week. He's got, in the next six next six games, he's got the Lions, Bills on a short week, and throw in the 49ers. I think he knows that the football world is about to smack him in the mouth. And it's going to be really tough. So you better take advantage of stuff like going on Pat McAfee's show and uh, game day as well. Two one six four seven four to below 92. Will Baker be able to keep this thing going? Jeff in Eastlake going to lead us off here on the fan. Hello, Jeff. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> oh, um, what's up, Jeff? Oh, not too much. I just want to say, you know, Baker, okay, maybe he's off to a good start, but I totally agree with you. Also, when people talk about Manziel, I'm ready to move on from him as I am both of them. Uh, if it's okay to touch on the DTR situation, he only had one day to prep. And he was thrown into it on the Sunday. you got to be kidding me. So for people to be ripping him or say he had a bad game, the man did every, everything he could. Jeff, nobody ripped him. Who ripped him? Oh, I... They didn't rip him in a bad way, but I'm saying that people said, oh, he had a bad game. He didn't play well, which he didn't. And the person I most blame right now, and all the fingers got to be pointing this way, Kevin, no doubt. And we'll get to Stefanski a little bit later on, Jeff. That convo was in outer space. He's like, hey, everyone talking about Manziel? I haven't brought up Manziel. And the only reason why uh, you can believe me when I say that, I wasn't here for the Johnny Manziel world. I wasn't. Now, I was, a, I was a football fan, so I was here for the Johnny Manziel world, but I wasn't here in Cleveland for the Johnny Manziel world. Baker, I, I so okay, so I was here. RG3 was the very first Browns quarterback that I ever covered. 2016, RG3. And I'll never forget the station. So I'm brand new to the station. Uh, I, got, I got here my very first day was when the Cavs won the uh, NBA Finals. Very first day. Next day, they put me on the air and was like, you get to do the, the parade and everything like that. And I was like, how about I do my updates? And they're like, you can do your updates. Okay, great. Anyway, I, RG3 was my first Browns quarterback, and I'll never forget them asking me to do, like, fill out a sheet. And the sheet was, they're going to put it online. How many games will RG3, RG3, a man who was made out of glass, how many games will RG3 start this year? And I remember being the only person. I put 16. I was like, I, I, why not? Why wouldn't he play all 16? And I looked online and I saw it and I was like, I had 16. Nobody else, I think, had more than like seven. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. I really walked into this one, didn't I? And then he got injured in the first game, as you guys all remember. But, yeah, I was like the RG3, Deshaun Kaiser, into Baker Mayfield. That's my, that's my wheelhouse. I got nothing with Johnny. Johnny's not my jam. I didn't even watch the, the documentary on Johnny. I'm sure it was good. No, thank you. Don't need it. Baker's the one, though, I went really hard for. And I'm happy to see him have success. I'm happy to see him actually land in a spot where he has an opportunity to have success. I really am. Genuinely happy for him, okay? What I'm happy about is that he had enough chances to at least showcase that he's not a broken toy and the NFL didn't ruin him. He was too good of a college player. He won too many games with the franchise that had not been able to win any games to just be bad in my mind. 
But I think what we're seeing is just going to be further proof of what the Browns did and why they did it. Browns went for broke in a lot of ways. But the reality is they needed a quarterback that can get the ceiling to be the Super Bowl and not a quarterback that can get the ceiling to be, you know, 11 games in a postseason win. I believe what happened with Stefanski that year was the very best you're ever going to see Baker do. And he might be able to even do that again this year. But if you made me bet my own money on it, you got more odds of him not making the postseason than making the postseason. And if he does make the postseason, I would bet a strong amount of money that what happens to him in that Eagles game happens again. One and done, out is what it is. 216474 and that's not even casting shade or throwing any sort of anything into his face. It's just, it's who he is as a quarterback. Some guys have it, some guys don't. That's the reality to it. I think he's got a little bit of it. He's got enough to make it exciting. He's got enough to make it cool and good and fun. But the Browns needed more than that. They need more than 11 wins and a one playoff win. They needed more than that, which sounds funny for a franchise that has not historically had that. But I always will appreciate Andrew Barry and company pushing the chips in and saying we need to we can't just settle for winning 11 games in a postseason game. 216474 to below 92. Eric and Berea up next. Hello Eric. Yeah, uh thanks for taking my call. I will say that I am 100% rooting for Baker. I I want to see him win. I want to see him succeed. I wish I would have seen it here. Um you know, you mentioned the idea that when you look at Tampa you don't think you don't, no pun intended, you don't think they're dangerous. And I don't think that that's an indictment on Baker at all. I think that's an indictment. They're not a dangerous team, but it's not because of him. They're only relevant because of him. And I'll, I'll say this. Hmm. You mentioned, I think you mentioned Dallas and San Francisco. Yeah. If, if you took Dak Prescott and put him on Tampa, my opinion of Tampa would not improve at all. Well, but Dak might and be, I, Dak might, excuse me, Eric, Dak might be like Baker. Right, and if I took Baker and put him on Dallas, my opinion of Dallas would probably improve, and it would definitely improve if I took Baker and put him on San Francisco. I think I would it think, might be the Spider-Man meme pointing at each other, though. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I do, but in, if you want to make the Spider-Man argument, Deshaun Watson passed for 287 yards and two touchdowns, and everybody was falling all over themselves two weeks ago. Like, this is what we've been waiting for. Like, that's what Baker used to give you. And everybody was like, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. Meanwhile, we pay $230 million to bring in this guy who's basically vomited all over his own shoes Mm -hmm. for the course of seven or eight games. And he has one good game, which is exactly what Baker used to do. And everybody's like, well, this is what we've been looking for. Like, I think if you put Baker on the Browns today, they're, they are a more viable Super Bowl contender than with Deshaun Watson today with the roster that's around him. With the defense we have is, is, is with the fascinating part I would want to see. Right. All but right. As, as far as Baker goes, I love the guy. I want to see him, I want to see him succeed, and I, I certainly hope he does, and I, I just wish it was here. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate you, man. I, I put a lot on the plate there uh, in, in hoping that I would be right with my Baker, my Baker predictions. I, I remember some of the some of the ones I made. I don't know that we need to revisit them or relitigate them because you guys might just laugh, but I was a big Baker honk. I was. I, I liked him a lot. I thought he was I mean he broke college efficiency records. He was one of the best, most efficient college quarterbacks the game had literally ever seen. 
And one thing I do, I will say I disagree with Eric about, and there's a lot I do agree with, maybe not necessarily the Deshaun Watson point, but one thing I will agree with Eric on, or excuse me, disagree with Eric on, is the, is the idea about Tampa Bay. Because Tampa Bay, I don't know that Baker's ever had anything like Evans and Godwin. OPJ and Jarvis were good, but they're not Evans and Godwin. And OBJ here in a Browns uniform is nothing close to Evans if he's supposed to play the role of Mike Evans. Not anywhere close. That's a, I mean, we're talking apples and bowling balls, not apples and oranges. That is a completely, completely different world that uh, those two would be living in. Their defense has surprisingly been really good, though. They have, the, they have a seventh-rated pro defense right now. They're, they're really, they're pretty decent. I don't know, though. One thing I will say. In regards to Baker in this conversation, I want to hear from you guys, 216 to below 92. You guys might not know his name, uh, but this is why I feel like Baker's in a good spot. His name is Dave Canales. He's their offensive coordinator. Do, do common football fans know that name? Jax, do you know that? You're more than a common football fan. Do you know Dave Canales at all or not? I don't. Okay, I didn't think so. And that's not to point out anything that way. I just think a lot of people might not know him. He's a brand new offensive coordinator in there. First year being an offensive coordinator. Okay, last year he was in Seattle. I only bring that up because you know what happened last year when he was in Seattle? Geno Smith. Now, Geno Smith is the one parallel to Baker Mayfield that I can find in the previous 15 years in the NFL. And the parallel being that they were both very highly rated quarterbacks coming out of college. They were drafted high. They had high expectations. They were casted off into uh, the NFL ether. Struggled. Now, Geno Smith struggled because he got, he got sent away from the Jets because he punched a teammate in the face in the locker room, and that's a big no-no is what they tell me. I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not here to judge, uh, but apparently hitting coworkers in the face, frowned upon. Uh, who knew? Who knew? But Geno walked through the NFL desert like it was Moses wandering for 40 years, right? He tried to find his spot. Dave Canales gets him under his wing, and in one season, Geno goes from an afterthought to now being a pro bowler and having really the sky be the limit. And so then, smartly, this was incredibly smart by Tampa Bay. They took Dave. They hired him to be their offensive coordinator. They have a defensive-minded head coach. So they hired him as their offensive coordinator and said, we're going to make this whole thing work. You get to call the plays. You get to do exactly what you did for Geno to Baker. And through four games, I'm not saying saying he turned water into wine, but through four games, it's a lot of Bible references in like three minutes, by the way. In four games, he's been awesome and able to do it. I don't know. Maybe Dave Canales is just the next Sean McVay. Maybe he's the next boy wonder when it comes to play calling. I don't know. I can't predict these things. I have no idea. What I do know, though, is it feels like he's got his specialty. His specialty being he takes afterthought quarterbacks that were once highly rated and once really seen as high prospects and then revives their career like they're a, an NFL quarterback zombie or something. And then he brings them back from the dead and makes them awesome. And through four games, that's what he's done for Baker. Same way he did it for Geno last year. So maybe Dave Canales can be the secret weapon for Baker Mayfield's career. And maybe he does. Maybe he's just found the guy that knows how to do this, knows how to fix him, knows how to get him head in the right direction. If that's the case... Maybe Baker's got a better chance than what I gave him credit for. But I still think his ceiling is not the Super Bowl. And I still think, at best, at best, you get a playoff win. All right, what do you say on the Pat McAfee show? We'll get to that and more. 216-474-0092. Will Baker be able to keep this thing going? And are you rooting for Baker? Deep down, because there is a part of Baker Mayfield's success 
that rubs off on the Browns in a non-positive way. Get to that and more. It's Overtime with Jonathan Peterman here with you guys on The Fan. Hey guys, expert fantasy advice and success is just a click away and something you need every week. Get the latest news and best player insights by downloading and subscribing to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, right now I'm asking you guys 216474 to below 92. Will Baker be able to keep this going? And are you rooting for Baker? I believe why he's doing college game day tomorrow and why he did Pat McAfee's show earlier today and everybody else's show is because he knows it's the Dion effect. Dion knew Oregon and USC was coming. He knew his moment in the sun, so to speak, was about to be about to be hidden, right? Like the, the sun's about to get covered up here. I don't know. It's going to be foggy, going to be whatever it is, but the sun's about to get covered up here. His moment is about to be covered up because he's got a really tough stretch over the next six weeks of ball. And ultimately, playing in that poverty division that he's in, even if you make it to the postseason, you're going to be, what, one and done? Baker's not going to the Super Bowl. Baker doesn't have a deep postseason run in him. I like Baker. I've always liked Baker. It's not an indictment on Baker necessarily, but that team, even though I think they got good pieces, I like Godwin, I like Evans, defense off to a pretty good start, the reality is that they beat Minnesota, Chicago, New Orleans. Reality is that offense is yet to score 30 points. They can't hang with the Lions. They can't hang with the 49ers. They can't hang with the, the Cowboys. It just it doesn't happen. It's not going to happen. He is a novelty in today's NFL. But I think he has something with Dave Canales, their new offensive coordinator. I think there's something to the idea that that man is able to revive people's careers the same way he did with Geno. Like the NFL's version of finding something that does something like very, very specific, right? But better than anyone else. Like we found this, uh, me and my wife, we found this new brownie spot. Only place we're going to go for brownies for now, right? Like if I need ice cream, I'm not going to go there. If I need cakes, I'm not going to go there. But for brownies, it's like 11 out of 10. It's fantastic. It's very specific, though. Dave Canales is very specific in what he can do. He'll make a bunch of money. And he might end up getting Baker into a spot where people just don't think Baker eye roll emoji. All right, Baker. Yeah, okay. Serviceable. Good. Ultimately, though, this was the weekend for Baker. College game day tomorrow, Pat McAfee show earlier today, and we're talking about Baker a lot right now, not only because he's doing those things, uh, but he went on Pat McAfee's show today, and I listen, I didn't take this as a slight against the Browns the way some did, but I did take it as a little bit of a head-scratcher. Here we go. I think I'm still confused, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Uh, no, I, I think towards the end there, you know, I played 2021 with a pretty much torn-apart shoulder, and I was excited to be... You know, get the surgery, get healthy, and, and get another shot to try and get back to that 2020 form. But it, that wasn't their plan, and I'm a firm believer everything happens for a reason. Now, the roller coaster I went on after that was a little bit nuts for me. But, uh, it gave me a good perspective. You know, being in Carolina, trying to be a good mentor to a couple guys, and, and just a different perspective on it. Take a step back, be a good leader, and then also at the same time, then going to L.A., it was like, all right, looking at each other. i got a five-game season here. Let's make the most of it and pad the resume. I like that he said pad the resume. He knew he wasn't there in, in L.A. for a million years, wasn't set up for a long time. It was job hopping is essentially what he was doing. It sounded more like Sean McVay doing him a favor than it was anything else. Here's why I feel like this is interesting to you guys beyond just it being Baker. I can tell it's not that Baker is doing well that is bothering people. It's the fact that if Baker continues to do well 
it will be a reflection of Kevin Stefanski and what he isn't able to do. The same way when OBJ went off to Los Angeles and Sean McVay in 30 seconds had him doing what Stefanski couldn't do in three years. That was a clear indictment on Kevin Stefanski's abilities to get anybody playing good wide receiver and good football here in the Browns. And I don't know, maybe Sean McVay is just a wide receiver, uh, you know, whisperer. He might be. It's a Cooper Cup out of nowhere and hasn't been one of the best wide receivers in the game. Has, uh, was it Puka Nakua? Is that his name? Leading the NFL in all receiving. I have to think about it before I even say the name. Puka Nakua. Sounds like a Pokemon character. It's fantastic, but he's very, very good. And he might be like Cooper Cup, if we're just being honest about it. Like he might be Cooper Cup esque. I don't know what they're going to do this week, by the way. Cooper Cup comes back. I don't know how they're going to try to fit them both in because he's basically like a copy-paste version of Cooper Cup, but that's neither here nor there. Maybe that's just what McVay's awesome at, but Stefanski didn't make it work. Now we're saying, and I'm, I'm coming up with all sorts of different things, we're saying Dave Canales is able to do something that Kevin Stefanski can't do. I, I, it, just, it feels like an indictment on the Browns, and it feels like, feels like something that you guys... And us as Browns fans will hold against Kevin Stefanski when the time comes to hold things against him. When he has to meet his NFL maker, so to speak, we're going to hold these type of things against him. If Baker ends up winning 9-10 games, actually wins a postseason game, and replicates what he did the one year he had here where he was awesome, I think people are going to hold this against Kevin Stefanski. I really do think they will. 216 below 92 Chuck up next on the fan. Hello, Chuck. Hey, man, what's good, baby? What's up, hey, Chuck? Check this out. Yep. Hey, man, really, real talk, man. If Baker go all the way and win the Super Bowl, it really don't mean nothing. When Baker let out his mouth, he wanted to be traded. He ain't want to be here no more. Man, so, they you put know, him in that he, situation, though, Chuck. Hey, no, 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 no. This, this is for the dog pound out here, see? See, we real about what gets said out here. You know what I'm saying? We ain't never going to forget Baker said, I want to be traded. That was after right? we went out and, and tried to get Deshaun Watson, right. though. I would have no, done the same it thing. It don't matter. You're just supposed to play your position. No, I would have done the same That's thing, all he had, No, no, listen to me. All he had to do was play his position, and everything would have been different. But because he wanted to be Mr. Full of himself, you know what I'm saying? You got to recognize you're talking to people that's loyal to the soil on everything. We all Cleveland. Good this line. is dog pound. This ain't no man talking about Baker is like talking about Taylor Swiss. Real talk. It don't matter. He ain't never going to be brown and orange no more. Taylor so, might end up being brown and orange one no, day. No, Travis no, no. It ain't even. I mean, to talk about him. I, is, I mean, hey, man, once Baker said he, he ain't want to be in Cleveland. All the real, all the real, no. Chuck, I can't blame him for that. I can't blame him for that. No, 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 it ain't about no blaming it for him. Then he went and flip-flopped all over the NFL, and now he's doing a little – don't nobody care what he's doing? I mean, I'm telling you right now, if your mind is on what Baker doing, more on what Watson doing, and then everybody going to finally come to light and be like, you know what, this coach is straight garbage, flat out. I've been calling him Coach Fancy for years. You got to manufacture a running game, bruh. What you doing, man? <laughs> hey, bro, look, man, look. Keep somebody in that shotgun. If you got to manufacture a run, well, you're going to have to not be a slave to your system. You're going to have to actually put two running backs in the backfield, and that's going to kill you because you already know everybody's going to be like, you could have did that with Chubb and Hunt, and you blew all of that because you wanted one-two punch. You want to keep staying the way you staying. 
I mean, I mean, I mean, for real, the way we, the way we lose games, they're, they're just like lame. The way we lose games, they are lame. I'll admit that. And, and Chuck- I mean, I'm talking about they be like, what, what, what the hell was that? Well, I mean, honest to God, like, are you for real? Gotta you know you what go. I mean? You got people out here I spending you, good bread. I, they spending, Chuck. they spending. Let me tell you, man, you got bros out here spending top of the line bread to feel some winning. You understand? And that, you know, when you hear people talk about, you know, I've been season ticket holders and, man, that ain't free. These people out here spending money, man, you see they go up on the <laughs> muni lot, tell you they're going to give you rules like, really, you're going to go up on the prices and give me a rule. Right, Chuck, I got to go, man. You're, smoke I gotta blunt go. right now. Chuck, Chuck, I got to go, man. That was like 12 different thoughts. That was, they were funny, but it was like 12 different thoughts for me here. I can, I don't have the brain to be able to do 15 different thoughts. I got one thought. So I'm going to stay with loyal to the soil. I don't blame Baker for how that went down. And you wouldn't either. You wouldn't either. If my company today came to me and said, listen, we like you. We don't like you as much as Johnny Smith, who just graduated from Syracuse, and we think is great. So you know what we're going to do? Listen, we're, we're going to go try to get Johnny Smith because we think he's got a chance to be the next coward, and we think we really want to be a part of that. We want to be on it. Mean, this is Craig Carton right here. We want to be a part of that journey. And so like, we like you, but we're going to try to go get Johnny. Johnny Smith. And then they go out and try to get Johnny Smith, and then Johnny Smith is like, you know what, I'm going to go to I'm, – I'm, I'm sorry, I – I'm, I don't want to come here. You don't think I'm updating my LinkedIn resume? You don't think I'm trying to trying to go somewhere else after that? I, I don't know about that one, guys. That one feels like a, a bridge got burnt, and there's no recovering from that. Now, the same thing happened. Deshaun Watson told us no. Baker's like, ooh, well, you guys went after him and you lost. Bye-bye. And then Deshaun Watson changed his mind, and a lot happened in a very short amount of time, right? A lot happened in a very short amount of his time, and Baker said, I'm not playing this final year. And you know, to be honest, I don't think the Browns would have let him play anyway because I think the Browns would have gotten to the same conclusion that Baker got to, which is the only thing that happens is you confuse the fan base if Baker actually does good, and you confuse yourselves. Do you imagine Baker would have played out that final year and then actually did the impossible and took the Browns very deep in the postseason. And I say did the impossible because I don't think Baker can take a team to the Super Bowl. I just don't think he's good enough to. I think he's good. I think he's good for a playoff win. I don't think he can take a team to the Super Bowl. And I think that's the conundrum the Browns found themselves in. They didn't want to just settle for one postseason win. They wanted more in life, and so they searched for more in life. And I cannot hate on them for that. It was the right decision at the time for a team that was really going for it. You got to respect when teams go for it. Too often in this in this sports world that we live in, teams lay down and die and they just they say they stay satisfied with the regular season wins and with the lackluster postseason accomplishments and they tell you how awesome it is. How many times in this city have we seen that? From 2017 on, the Guardians kept winning a lot of regular season games and doing diddly squad in the postseason. They kept being like, "Oh, we're awesome." Cavs just did their media day. I like the Cavs. I like how they do their, their work and their operations over there, but they just spent the entire media day talking about how 50-plus wins was awesome. You know what wasn't awesome? The Knicks series. How about you want more? Well, they went on and got Donovan Mitchell year prior. I can't hate on them too much. They're, they're making moves to try to get more is the point. They're, they are trying to do more, and that's all I can ask. You got you to keep pushing the envelope of what you can do. And you know what? If they fall short this year, 
One thing I will respect about the Cavs and how they operate is that if they fall short this year, they will do like the Browns did, and they'll make hard decisions based on the fact that they're not settling for being a one-and-done postseason team. That's all that happened, and I respect the hell out of teams that are willing to go for it. I really do. All right, busy 9 o'clock hour. I got a lot on Stefanski I got to get to as well. Uh, We got the fan focus coming up, though. Ken says Kevin Stefanski's like, what? He is absolutely like... Like Ozzy and Harriet, man, and that's probably the only reference you're ever going to hear to that show on this station. I doubt that, but we'll see how he does this one. That and more next on the Fan Focus right here on 92.3 The Fan.